welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Becky Curtis, the CEO and founder of Take Courage Coaching, an organization whose 22 coaches teach people the skills they need to manage or eliminate their chronic pain. Welcome. Thanks, Tom. Becky, welcome to the show. Um, Becky Curtis is a um, woman in Salt Lake City who has a business basically doing chronic pain coaching. And she has quite a story, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, um, give some background to what's going on. And uh, Becky, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. So could you give us a little background as far as your training and the business you have now? And then I'd like to jump back into your story about how you actually ended up doing that. Sure. Yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Take Courage Coaching. And I started this um, about 11 years ago um, when I found that there was a need for support for people that had chronic pain. And it all came out of my own pain story. And so um, that is kind of it in a nutshell. What's your training? What's your um, background training? Because you don't have a pain background. This is basically out of your own experience, right? Right, right. Yeah, I think it's um, that experience of hard knocks that I <laughs> that I have. My background is that I am a nationally board certified health and wellness coach at this point. Got but it. when I started, um, I was not. And my my last child had gone to school and I was trying to decide what I was going to do. I was thinking about going back to school and being a counselor. And my um, my counselor, who I was working with, at a functional restoration program, asked me what I would like to do. And I told him I'd like to help people with pain. And he said, well, have you ever thought about coaching? And so that started me down the path and and here we are today. <laughs> right. Well, you have quite a story. I do think the School of Hard Knocks is by far and away the best way to learn how to do all this. And could you tell us a bit what happened? Was it 2005 you said you had the accident? Yes, it was June 19, 2005, and um, everything I know about pain, I learned by accident, literally. <laughs> um, we, were, we were driving in two cars. Our family was driving in two cars. My son and I, my 14-year-old and I were in one car, and my husband and 17-year-old son and 8-year-old daughter were in the other car, and my tire hit the gravel. I overcorrected, and I rolled 100 yards my husband saw it all in the rear view mirror. Um, he just expected that Spencer and I would not make it through that. And when he ran back to the car, I was, I was alive, but I knew that I had broken my neck. I couldn't oh do anything down. I actually, I had two punctured lungs, um, a broken C4 burst fracture. Okay. And you said so, cervical C4, cervical four? Four. I was okay. not breathing on my own, so my husband was telling me each breath to take for an hour until the ambulance got there. We were in the middle of nowhere in Montana, no cell service, so they sent cars one way and the other way to, to send an ambulance for me. Um, the ambulance crew that came was the Wisdom Montana ambulance crew, husband and wife, 
and they had just purchased an extraction device. Um, their little community uh, is the tiny little town of Wisdom, um, and they had purchased that extraction device, which helped get me out of the car and into the ambulance without further damage to my neck. They took me to Butte, which is, you know, I, I can't even imagine um, saying I've been in a bad accident, please take me to Butte. But Butte had the best trauma center in the state and a wonderful neurosurgeon that was on duty that night, um, Dr. Pete Serini, who has since passed. Um, he, um, he had a brain tumor and it's a very tragic story, but he was there that night and he took all those little shards of bone out from around my spinal cord and I am a C4 incomplete quadriplegic. Um, I'm very grateful for the function I have. I have very good function. Um, are you able I, to walk or do you have to use a wheelchair? Yes. No, I, I walk. I spent the first year in a wheelchair. Okay. Um, but I, and um, as you can, we're looking at each other right now, you can see I have brown Saccord syndrome. Okay. So I am, as a neurosurgeon, you know what that is, but I should probably explain it to right. the audience. Um, so, um, we have, we have motor on one side and sensory on the other side in our brain. And so my left, my right side looks normal and I have good function, muscle function on my right side, but I can't feel on my right side everywhere okay. from the neck. And my left side, I have spasticity and partial paralysis. Okay. So I try to hike every day. Um, wow. and walking is difficult because i can't walk fast enough to get my heart rate up okay. um in, in order to give me the pain relief that exercise gives me but if i'm hiking up a mountain i do just fine i can get my you know i drag my left side along and um we have some nice places to hike here in salt lake so so do you use a cane then is that what did you I have to do. walk the I, okay got it okay yeah i um, I use a walking stick because I think that less looks less like an old lady, but um, <laughs> more athletic, less old lady. Um, nothing wrong with old lady, but you know I, I I'm not quite ready for that. So um, I only use it when I when I hike or I'm walking long distances. Otherwise, I just I just walk wobbly. <laughs> now, when you, so if I hear you correctly, you were stuck in the car for over an hour. You you were traveling yeah. in the car. Okay. Yeah. And then um, you got a lot, you were really disabled for your, you got quite a bit of function back. But, and then just to be clear to the audience, I mean, she is walking with a cane, but her left side really is not working. You can't feel anything, anything on your right side. Is that correct? Um, I can feel like pressure, but I can't feel hot or cold, sharp or dull. Okay. Um, I'm proprioception, so I don't know where my limbs are, um, which can cause some tripping and falling right. and those kind of things so just to be clear that's a pretty big injury and a pretty significant disability it's not a small injury right okay so now um when you had the pain you obviously a lot of um not very happy about things for a while where was your pain at where, where did you hurt at the most so i will tell you that um I had this expectation that things were going to, you know, you have an accident, you break something, things get better and better and better. And they did. I was really doing good. I, my mood was good. My attitude was good. Everything was great. 
but two years after my accident, now I, I will tell you that I was dealing with pins and needles from the neck down, which is like when your hand goes to sleep, except everywhere neck down, I had pins and needles. Okay. Um, so had the pain that comes from having spasticity on one side and not on the other. But two years after my accident, I developed burning nerve pain. And that took me out. I, I just, that just took me out. I just thought, you know, I thought things were going to continue to get better. And now I have this burning nerve pain on top of everything else. Right. And they, they discovered that I had a, a syrinx. Okay. A fluid cyst in the middle of my spinal cord, right at C4. Okay. And, and it's inoperable because they have to go through healthy spinal tissue to get to that. And so, so we tried all kinds of different medications. My neurosurgeon and I, he, um, he would suggest one and we'd try it and we'd taper it up. And by the time it was good enough, you know, high enough to do anything about my, my central nerve pain, I was not functioning. Right. And did a lot of crying, a lot of laying in the recliner, all the, all the progress I had made kind of went away. And so now you now you really weren't very happy. No, this is the unhappiest I was. <laughs> right. And I I was really in a bad place. It felt like I was going to die. What did um, you what did you do? So um my insurance company finally decided to send me to a functional restoration program where I learned that pain is an experience and that pain one hundred percent of the time is processed in the brain. Right. And I, I got to choose what my experience was going to be by what my thoughts were. And, and there were lots of different modalities that I tried. And one of my favorites that didn't work at first, but after I practiced for a while, really worked well, was just something really super simple. Breathing from the diaphragm. Okay. I can bring from an eight to a four with a few breaths from my diaphragm. And how, how, how many how many breaths? Just a couple. Really? Um, can you, yeah, dem can you demonstrate for us really quickly? Yes, I, I would like I, to. I, I can learn this, Tom. You can, so, Tom. You need, Tom. You need to relax. So this is good for you too. Yes, um, so, put one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach. Okay. And you don't you don't want your chest moving because most of us that have chronic pain, we we're tight and we're breathing short and shallow. And as we breathe short and shallow, we're telling our brain we're in fight or flight. And what we wanted to tell our brain instead is we want to breathe from the diaphragm, which is a muscle right underneath the rib cage. Okay. So you want the stomach to go in and out. And you want those to be nice, deep breaths. And what you tell your brain when you take those kind of breaths is that everything's okay. Everything is calm. And I, I'm not being chased by a tiger. Um, everything is okay. And as you calm that down, as you breathe from the diaphragm and you tell your shoulders to go down where shoulders are supposed to go, not up by your ears, everything calms down and your pain goes down. Now, I will tell you that this, when I was first with the functional restoration program, I told them, I said, you know, this isn't really working for me. It just hurts. It, everything hurts more, even when I breathe like this. My lungs hurt. Everything hurts. And so um, the, um, the psychologist that was teaching me to do this, she said, 
just do a little just do a little bit at a time every day and breathe shallower if you need to and just continue to to practice this so as i practiced it um, it got easier and i noticed it really calmed me down and really helped my pain so that was just that was just one tool so and then do you do, you, do you like once or twice or do you do for a minute or two do you breathe in slowly quickly i mean what, what do you so i'm sorry i, I, I breathe slowly and Thanks. i just do a couple of times as needed throughout the day and it really helps calm me down so your hands on your chest you want your chest to stay still it's just your stomach yeah right and you want to make sure you're not taking those short shallow breaths and as you breathe like that, you pay attention to where in your body that you're guarding. Okay. And, and I guess you, um, hopefully your audience members know what I mean by that. But when we have pain, we guard, we hold things tight. Okay. And do that for too long, um, we just have these short, shortened muscles. And so we want, we want our muscles to relax and we want our shoulders to come down. We maybe want to pay attention. Is there tightness in our jaw? And if there's tightness in our jaw, we want to we want to relax that. And is our tongue up on the roof of our mouth or is it down? You know, is it just is it just are we calm? And so as we calm things down, the pain subsides. So this I is extremely interesting to me this week because the last six weeks um I'm, have you heard of dr stephen porges by chance the polyvagal theory have you I heard of him okay so i would recommend it's a hard book to read but he and i have become friends he lives in florida and started in the early 1990s he started researching the vagus nerve which is the autonomic nervous system and he discovered there's two parts of it one's the upper part that controls the facial muscles and facial expressions he calls it social co-regulating and then the other one is below the diaphragm, which is the freeze mode. So basically, as you do this breathing, what you're doing, you're stimulating the parasympathetic nerve and actually decreasing inflammatory cytokines. You're actually stimulating anti-inflammatory cytokines, which just calms everything down. So it's interesting because that historically as a physician, I sort of thought this stuff was well, well quote, psychological or whatever, but you're actually directly affecting the vagus nerve when you're doing that. That's very, very interesting to me. So fantastic. Wow. So Chris, in, in, in your journey back to health, what did you do to get better? I mean, obviously that's a pretty big hit. You still are coping incredibly well with a pretty big disability. What, just give us three or four of your secrets. I mean, what seemed to pull you out of this hole? Because a lot of people do not come out of this hole, as you well know. Right. In fact, that's why I started the coaching, because I was in this functional restoration with 12 other people. And I went home and I was able to get off all my meds and start, you know, continue my exercise regimen. But many of the others were not. They went home and they went right back where they were. And so um, for me, I have a really super great support system. I have a wonderful husband. We met when we were 16 in high school and wow. he was supportive all along the way. I will just tell you that when I was laying in the car and he was right behind me um, holding my neck and telling me to breathe, I told him, I said, you know, my neck is broken. This is not going to be a good life. And he just said, 
I love you from the neck up. You just keep breathing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. So, pretty good pickup yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. Um, you know, don't tell don't tell my wife that I won't be able I won't be able to live <laughs> up to that one. So Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. So, so okay, you're in the hole. You're partially paralyzed at that point in a wheelchair, not doing that well, pretty upset about lots of different things. What were the tools, the strategies that you used to pull yourself out of the hole? Yeah, so my support system um, exercise was a really great one for me. Okay. Um, started exercising after the syrinx. I could only do 90 seconds at a time. And... Um, I did an hour and a half hike this morning and I could have done three hours. Okay. Um, so exercise is a really important key for me because exercise makes it so that I can sleep at night. Um, I'm sleeping through a lot. I still have the same syrinx. Um, and so, and the same spasticity pain and all the rest of it. Um, so if I exercise during the day, it helps my mood. It helps my, sleep at night it you know it helps the pain it just it helps everything and it helps me think clearer and i'm running a company right now um i'm very busy and it's important that i'm able to think clearly and pain can take take you out of that place so, so as far as parallels to the doc project this is interesting so the number one thing is sleep which obviously you're working on um same thing is exercise is a big one Third of all, um, people, every person that gets better does it their own way, but they take control of their own care, which you obviously did. And so the answer I'm fishing for, by the way, because you, you're actually exhibiting in it, is just life outlook, attitude. And it's not so much, I think, a quote, positive thinking or, or whatever. It's more of a can do, I'm just going to do a type mode. Because you can't, as you know, from my reading, reading my stuff, you can't really do mind over matter but you can get committed and disciplined and just keep moving forward. As you keep moving forward, your brain changes. So it's a major out life outlook thing, and you clearly have chosen not to be a victim. Is that a fair statement? That's very fair. In fact, <laughs> yes, it is fair. Right. So that's that's what I was fishing for because that's clearly because I can tell you 100% without any exception. A lot of people get better and they do the writing, relaxation, sleep, that type of thing, but nobody really crosses the line to healing until they can forgive and just let go of their anger. And the person, it shows that the research shows that 90% of people are still angry at the situation that caused their pain. They're mostly angry at themselves and they don't let it go. But what it does, it, it inflames your body because your vagus nerve is on threat and your nervous system's on fire. These little cytokines are actually firing up your entire body. So when you're angry, it's just deadly. So I'm curious, in your perspective, how did you flip that one around as far as just letting go of what happened, forgiving yourself, forgiving life, forgiving God? I mean, was, that's a pretty big step. I'm just curious, I'm, and I'm guessing yeah. some inherent capacities to that before because this doesn't happen that easily, but I'm just curious if you remember crossing that line, how you did it, what happened. That, is, that, is, it, is, that always is the dividing line. Um, there, was, there was a situation that had um, caused me to be very tired that day and I, I fell asleep at the wheel and I remember mentioning to my husband my anger at the situation which I won't go into and he just said oh hon you don't want to stay there you don't want to stay there so I, I, I remember intentionally 
thinking I'm going to forgive and let this go. Um, it was a, it was a very stressful situation that happened that day. And, and I, I had to make a decision right away. And I made that decision while I was laying in bed, um, with a sheet over me because they were coming. I couldn't move anything. I couldn't even scratch my head where there was glass and dirt and ear and rocks in my ears and everything else. And I couldn't, I couldn't move to scratch my own head. And I made that decision there with the help of the, of the great support that I had right. and my power um, that helped me let go of those kind of things. The other, um, the other part yeah. that helps people heal is a support system and, that, and actually feeling nurtured and supported. It sounds like you had that in droves. Mm -hmm. so um, um so just review i mean your situation is really interesting because i mean if you think about this a lot of people will not let go of their anger and you really you're just making a choice to stay in pain i also had one gentleman who had 20 years of chronic pain suicide attempt alcohol problems 27 surgeries i did not think that was possible to heal and he's been pain free now for about three years but the dividing line for him was that I'm not going to be a victim. I'm just done. And it didn't happen overnight, but within six months, he went from 20 years of chronic pain. He's in his 60s now. And his point is, I have not felt this good since I was 30 years old. I feel better now than I, when I was 30. So that's after 27 surgeries. So the power of forgiveness and letting go and moving forward is stunning. And you've clearly done that, which I think is just one of the biggest parts of the whole project. Fantastic. So that was in 2005, and you started your company in 2008. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you didn't stay in chronic pain that long. Compared to a lot of people in chronic pain, I, I'm, that's why I'm intrigued by your story, because really you made the decision to let go right there when your husband made that comment, correct? Well, um, yes, that was while I was laying in bed, but then I developed the syrinx, and I had about a year um of of trying to figure out what i was going to do with that pain I, that's when i went to the functional restoration program where i learned about the brain and pain i learned what happens when i think one negative thought my brain releases stress hormones right and and i had been laying in a recliner thinking hundreds of negative thoughts every day crying right. Um, you know, I can't stand this pain one more second. I'm going to die. This is killing me. All those kind of thoughts. And when I learned how to turn those around, that's when things turned around for me. And I still have days where maybe I'll have a pity party or maybe there's a lot of stress. Um, maybe I turn on the news. And what, what isn't obvious for the rest of you is really obvious to me. Because one little, like a car stopping really quick in front of me, I get a fresh burning. Um, okay. I get to feel what else doesn't get to feel. <laughs> now, wh why do you think that is? Well, it's, I think it's because of my central nervous system, but, um, you know, and it's, it's quite messed up. But, um, but any kind of stress for me manifests itself in fresh burning. So okay. I'm already but it it hypes it up Got it. and i think it does that for everybody but they most people don't feel you know i get to feel those stress hormones in my body right. neck down right. and so um 
you know, I, I, I think it happens for everybody. We have that negativity and our, you know, our brain releases stress hormones. We, right. our muscle tension increases and, you know, all the systems of the body are hyped up and I get to feel that. So I have to be a little bit more intentional about what I'm thinking and what I'm watching and how I'm reacting to things or not. Interesting. Well, Becky, thank you very much. In the next session, we're going to talk about what you're doing now and what you have to offer to people and your insights. And your company's grown from you to what, 22, 22 coaches now. Did I hear that correctly? Yep. Yeah. So it's a big deal and I'm excited. Um, the approach she has is wonderful. And uh, so I thank you very, very much for being on this part of the program. Thank you so much, Dr. Hanscom. I'd like to thank our guest, Becky Curtis, for being on the show today and sharing the story of her car accident, her battle with chronic pain, and the lessons that she learned overcoming it that led her to found her company, Take Courage Coaching. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.